This is The Space Shot, episode 367 for May 22nd, 2018. Cosmic Chat. I'm John Mulnix. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down and was a guest on the Cosmic Chat podcast that's a production of the Hutchinson News in Kansas. I'm going to be sharing an encore presentation of that episode here today, Uh, but first I've got a couple quick updates. I'm on track for reading one book a week this year. I'm actually about at a book and a half. I finished Homesteading Space, The Skylab Story, and my conversation with David Hitt will be out on Friday. We talk all about Skylab and some of his favorite parts of that mission. It was a great conversation, and you really should tune in on Friday and check it out. Skylab is one of the hidden gems, as it were, of the space program, and I really enjoyed my conversation with David, as I think all of you will as well. Earlier today, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 rocket from Vandenberg Air Force Base that was carrying the GRACE follow-on satellites, as well as five Iridium Next Constellation satellites. If you follow the Space Shot on Facebook, you'll probably have noticed that I share the links for these launches, so be sure to check them out in the future if you missed it today. Now, without any further delay, here's my conversation with Ron Sylvester on the Cosmic Chat Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to Cosmic Chat, a podcast about space exploration and aviation, brought to you by the Hutchinson News and the Cosmosphere. And here's your host, Ron Sylvester. Welcome back to Cosmic Chat. Our guest today is John Molnix. John hosts two podcasts, The Space Shot and The Cosmosphere Podcast, and we're happy to have him on our program. John recently made a fascinating presentation at a coffee at the Cosmosphere about storytelling and space exploration. He joins us by telephone from his home in Colorado. So what's your personal favorite story uh, that that relates to uh, space? Oh, personal favorite story. Um, I mean, I grew up with the shuttle flight. So for me, as a little kid, those are always, you know, some of the most vivid memories for me. But I think my favorite mission overall has got to be Cassini. I grew up, I was, you know, learning about the launch when I was a kid, and then um, the Huygens lander touched down in uh, January of a semester that I was actually taking a astronomy class. So as those images started to come in from the lander, from uh, Cassini, and from that the Huygens lander, that was one of those moments where it was like, holy cow, this is something that's never happened before, and we're seeing it as it's happening, essentially. I mean, there's a little bit of a delay, but it was as, as real time as, as you could get with those images at that time. So for me, following Cassini from that point up until last year at end of mission, that was that's probably my favorite all-time story, as it were, um, just the, the amount of new science that was brought back for that and how that changed our understanding of the outer planets is something that really spoke to me. 
Yeah, it really was an amazing mission, and uh, we were interested in it because the uh, uh, the pilot, so to speak, um, the the in, in mission control was actually local guy who grew up in Wichita, went to uh, space camp at the Cosmosphere, and ended up uh, cool. flying that thing. Yeah, ended up flying that mission. So. It's a yeah. sad day that now that we're not seeing those, you know, the new tweets of new pictures coming from Cassini, it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see new stuff, uh, you know, coming from uh, the Mars lander or whatever they're on to next. You also talked about science fiction and its role. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when, so when I was a kid, uh, I'm a little bit older, and uh, uh, I got really into War of the Worlds uh, by H.G. Yeah. Wells, which was which is before my time, but it was really uh, the movie it was the first movie was coming out when I was a kid, and I read the book, and and it really captured my attention. And it was around the time uh, uh, Mercury was launching, and so mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 we were actually you know getting out into space, and and. Uh, uh, looking at it, and it was, you know, that that really captivated my attention. And I was kind of curious about what you thought the role of science fiction is in actually helping propel science. How those interplay together is something that it's almost like a chicken and an egg type of instance. I know a lot of science fiction that's, you know, it's predicting things in the future, and then also it's inspiring engineers and, you know, and inspiring students to go out and pursue career paths that they help invent the future. It's one of those, I think science fiction is more of a reflection of what we're aspiring to do. And if there's something we're aspiring to, I think that's kind of where science fiction leads us. You know, with Star Trek, I mean, because that's what I grew up with, you know, the, the next generation in the 90s. And I, I watched the uh, the original series as well. Um, but growing up with that, it was definitely one of those things that it, it inspired. And I think it also kind of informed, you know, there was, there was things, I think it was an Apple engineer, um, who had the inspiration for QuickTime, um, when he saw an episode of The Next Generation where data was listening to a whole bunch of music files at the same time. And that's what inspired him to start creating QuickTime. And I don't remember the specifics for that. Um, but that's just one of the instances that kind of sticks out in my mind of science fiction inspiring, you know, technologies that we use today. Well, and you talk about Star Trek. I, I always uh, thought the first generation of flip phones, I always thought, <laughs> hey, we've, we've got a Star Trek communicator now, you know. It does even more than the, the communicators, if you think about it. I mean, the what you have with the comm badges or those communicators are pretty rudimentary compared to what we have now. I mean, like the Marco Polo app or FaceTime and the visual communications that we have with modern smartphones kind of blows away those little communicators. But, yeah, it's it's interesting how that form factor actually kind of came to be there for a while. So I'm still waiting for flying cars. I, I, I seem to remember we were promised flying cars at one point, but. That would be nice. I, I uh, with with the amount of drivers that have issues texting and driving and just driving on a flat road, I would be a little bit scared for something flying.
getting back to real space and real science, we were talking about Cassini earlier and how excited uh, uh, you were and how exciting that was. And you had mentioned in your talk that this is really, to a lot of people, the golden age of uh, uh, space flight and space exploration. It's not, you know, the uh, the nostalgia for the space shuttle or even for, uh, you know, things like the right stuff and the moon landing, which you know, we're coming up on 50 years. But but actually now is when, you know, people should be excited and, and, and really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, it's one of those things that the media likes to, you know, a lot of the, the sensational headlines you see, it's, oh, we're running with this because NASA's not doing something right or there was a failure for something, even though it was just a test for a new technology. The amount of things that are being done for new missions, I mean, InSight, the Mars InSight lander launches here in a couple days. Hopefully that weather hold uh, goes away. The, the weather constraint will go away there for uh, Saturday. But we're, we're really entering a time where planetary science is starting to get bigger budgets, so we're going to start to see, hopefully, see more uh, missions to, you know, both the outer planets and then the inner planets as well. I really am hopeful for the next couple decades and even, you know, the, the past 20 years. It, it's one of those times where it's easy to take for granted how many missions we have going. And just looking at it, I mean, like you mentioned, we're about 50 years out. We're almost 50 years out. Uh, it'll be this December from Apollo 8. A half century in the time scale of human history is a blip. So it's it's something that it's easy to get discouraged, I think, for a lot of missions, but we we can't get we can't let that get us down, as it were. There's there's a lot more to be excited about. Um SpaceX, Blue Origin, they're gonna start launching um, you know, bigger rockets here in the coming years. And even NASA with SLS, once it starts flying, hopefully here soon. There's, there's going to be a lot of uh, heavier lift vehicles that can do missions that we just haven't had the chance to do up until now. So when I was growing up, the, a launch of a rocket, even when you were growing up um, uh, during the space, a launch of a rocket was a big deal. Now it seems like we've got a rocket launching every, you know, couple of weeks with what SpaceX is doing and what uh, mm-hmm. other countries are doing. And it's really, I mean, I, you know, I turn around and it's like, okay, there's a launch at 4 o'clock today. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that, and so, and I mean that's and that's never happened before. Well, and, and now yeah. we can watch the the live streams of those launches. I mean, the live streams have been around for a while now, but with you know with the phone, the last SpaceX launch that I watched, um, I was driving in the car. I was in the car passenger seat. I wasn't driving when I watched it, <laughs> but I was in the car going down I seventy, traveling about seventy five miles an hour, watching a rocket launch on my smartphone. So it's it's starting to get, to get to a point, like you said, where it's happening frequently enough that, you know, it's basically blink. There's a week that goes by, and there's at least one launch. So it's an awesome time if you're a fan of watching uh, rocket launches. Would you ever want to be a uh, space tourist if uh, that happens in our lifetime? If I, if I get the chance, I would definitely do it. Um, I know Blue Origin is flying with, uh, they, they call their their uh, dummy 
um, that they send up in the new Shepard capsule. They call him uh, Mannequin Skywalker. So uh, I, I would gladly take the place of Mannequin Skywalker if I was getting a chance. So. <laughs> <laughs> And, and John, uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us for our podcast. You've got a couple sure. of podcasts. Will you tell people uh, a little bit about them and, and how they can find them? Yeah, so I about a year ago, actually, I decided I was, I was out in Nebraska at the time with my mom for Mother's Day, and we were driving along, and I had been – kind of just auditing what I do with my free time, and I decided I wanted to start a daily podcast. And today I will be recording episode 354, 355, and 356. <laughs> so it, it's a busy day off here during the middle of the week for me, uh, but I'm, I'm glad I had the chance to come on yours. But um, in addition to the, the podcast that I do called The Space Shot, I also volunteer at the Cosmosphere, and if you just search Cosmosphere in the podcast app of choice, in your podcast app of choice, uh, you'll be able to find the Cosmosphere and the Space Shot there. So those are both a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, John, thanks for joining us. And, Not a uh, problem, Ron. Good luck on the thing, and, 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 and hope you get to make that space flight someday. Me too. I, you know, hey, if I, if I get to go up, hopefully you get to go up here soon too. I, is that something you you want to do? No, absolutely. Well, hopefully we we could do it together. We could we could make it a a, a cosmosphere launch up into space. How about that? That sounds great. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ron. Cosmic Chat is a production of the Hutchinson News and the Cosmosphere. See more space news and events at hutchnews.com slash space. That's it for today. We'll be returning on Friday with my conversation with David Hitt on Skylab, so be sure to check it out. I'd love if you could do me a favor and leave a review for The Space Shot on iTunes. Reviews are the lifeblood for podcasts, so just take a minute, leave a quick review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Until next time, I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.